You're listening to the Counterculture Mom Show. Our kids are under fire every day with the media and pop culture persuading them to give up their faith and Christian values. Stay tuned now as former Hollywood actress and pop culture expert Tina Griffin helps you counter these messages and safely navigate today's pop culture chaos. Do you know a young adult who has left the church? Far too many teens and young adults are leaving the church in droves. And the question remains, why is this happening? Raised in Miami, Florida, as a pastor's kid, Tim grew up in the church. He knew the reality of God. He fell away from the church from 18 to 20 years old, yet God changed the desires of his heart and brought him back. He now preaches that God wants your passions, goals, and direction in life to align with his. God has a significant plan for your life. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin, and it's all about positive role models this week. After serving in ministry across the U.S., as well as Africa and Asia, Our next guest gained confidence in teaching others how to discern God's will and wrote about his journey in his book, God's Plan for You. I'm with Positive Role Model of the Week, Tim Outlaw, Director of Nation to Nation. Tim Outlaw, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Tina. I'm really humbled to be on in this kind of segment and just really excited to share more about what God's doing in my life, the ministry, and uh, the book. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, Tim Outlaw, I'm going to like saying your name throughout this interview. Sorry about that. (laughs) I just love your name. It it sounds like a don't mess with me last name. You have a very typical, similar story to many young people, but why I'm so encouraged is you came back to the Lord. You didn't just run, but we're going to dive in deep to find out why you fled and what got you back here. So thank you so much. You probably get a lot of funny questions about your last name, but it's Outlaw. And you ran from the law, 18 to 20 years old. What caused you to do this? So at actually 17, uh, there was some immense hurt in the church. I won't get into that whole long story because that's kind of smeared mud. And also this is a hurt from the family perspective. So um, whole family got hurt, left the church for two years. So I was a senior in high school. So as my family kind of left the church, it was really hard to get back into church. And I never lost faith in that time. I still believed in the Lord. But um, I wasn't active in his word. I wasn't active in fellowship, you know, or prayer. And I did visit a church or two in that time frame. But um, I didn't really find a place for me in the church. What I mean by that is, you know, in youth group, you can be really silly, you know, throw a pie in the you know, youth pastor's face or shoot him with a water gun and laugh about it. Um, but then in like adult church or big church or however you want to put it, you know, um, to do those sort of things is really, you know, not acceptable. And depending on the church background, denomination, church culture, you know, can you clap? Can you laugh? What can you do in those? You know, so I really had trouble finding my place in the church. And what brought me back, um, if I'm, I'm honest, uh, and what's it's in the book, um, at 20 years old, I realized to find the type of woman I wanted, go to church. Uh, hey, hey, okay, but we're not saying, we're not advocating jump back not, to right? a local church to find a wife, but hopefully you have a better chance at finding a woman who could easily fit the wife role. So you were 20, 21 years old, ready to get married. You jump back in, into the church. That's what happened? Yeah. And, you know, what happened there, I, I didn't end up with that girl I was pursuing at the time. But, you know, when you're you're trying to, you know, go to church and you attend a Bible study and you're trying to impress the women at church, obviously you got to do the assigned reading for Bible study, right? So as I'm seeking out the Lord, you know, in, in Scripture, spending time in prayer, doing all these different things, God changed me. He changed the desires of my heart. And more so, a thing I don't think really touch on in the book, um, there was a young couple, Sean and Heather, 
and uh, they had a young adult fellowship. I say that really it was like four or five of us, right? Okay. They would have a Sunday school class for us. And there was a sense of belonging there. And, you know, the thing that stands out to me years, years later, you know, now uh, Sean and Heather just love people, right? I remember them inviting me over to their home, me and others from that class. And I was, my alarm was up, you know, okay, what's going on here? What's the agenda? What's, you know, what do they want to know? They just love people, right? And that was contagious, right? And um, that was a lot of uh, seeds planted in in my heart, my mind that, that really, you know, helped me, you know, pursue the Lord more and catch on fire for the Lord and been following him uh, 18 years since all that, so. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I was like, yeah, when I saw this picture of what you look like when you returned to the church. Look at that big smile on your face right there. That is a happy young man right there. So how can you encourage all of these teens today that are leaving the church in droves? We have like 4%, according to George Barna studies, of how many people, young people, actually believe that Jesus is the only way. How do we get our young people to stay in the church, in the Word of God? Yes, that's the truth. And you know, get plugged in and stay plugged in. Well, I do want to speak to the young people, but I also want to, if there's any church leaders listening, there has to be a place for young people. And I don't mean teenagers. I mean that after high school to, hey, I have a career and a family, right? Mm -hmm. Where's that stage? What does that look like in church? Because we don't have in most churches a transitionary place for that. And whether it's just two people, you know, in a Sunday school class, there needs to be something for that transition. So just church leaders, please put something in your church. That it's just so huge. And I every church I meet with, I, I tell pastors this, and it's I've seen just huge things happen because of that. No way. Um, but Wait, can I take uh, two more steps, dig in a little bit deeper with that? You're saying from the high school years to then the college age, like kind of the college age years, you don't see enough programs offered, classes offered, Bible studies offered to that age range of young people in churches today. Correct. Yeah. My experience, lots of churches have youth groups. Most churches have youth groups. Yep. But as far as a young adult group, a group for that transitionary period, you know, it's like, where are young people supposed to find their spouse, right? They should go to the church, but then we're lacking so many in that, you know, 18 to 25 in the church. Okay. You know, the first thing that comes to my mind is Tinder Swindler. Did <laughs> you see that documentary? I have not seen that. Oh, geez, Louise. Okay, I do a lot of research, and that was on Netflix. That's an eye-opener, people. We just watched it last week. I'm like, well, there's another 52 reasons on why you don't want to be on Tinder and, and those other dating apps. Wow, never thought about that before. Something very profound you just said. When the young adults leave high school, they're in their college years. They're wanting to get their life right with the Lord. A lot of them have been bombarded by the anti-God message in public schools today. Yet, even if they love the Lord and are saved, they're trying to find a spouse and trying to get their life on track. Churches don't offer these programs. And a lot of times they go on dating sites. They're on social media. They start going to bars and clubs. And we wonder why we lose a lot of our kids in their 20s or young adults in their 20s. Wow, never thought about that before. So can you give us some insight on three great things, for example, that pastors could do right now in their church of ideas to get the college age coming to church to meet each other and dig into the word of God. That is the number one reason we want to be there, but yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, the first thing is definitely have some sort of, I don't care if it's Sunday school or a small group, whatever you want to call it, some sort of class for that 18 to 25 year old range, right? You've got to have it. Even if there's only one person coming, you got to have it because then 
know, there's more that are going to come, you know, and you can give them charge. Hey, we need to reach out to this age group, that sort of thing. You've got to have a place for them. Um, as far as three things, I don't know that I have all the answers in that. I know that one thing is huge. I can tell you when God led me to start a young adult group, um, you know, this kind of goes back to the book. And like, I felt like God lead us step by step in different directions. Uh, I can remember trying to do a lot of extravagant things, but the thing where God spoke the loudest, okay, when it was, so this is, you know, past Sean and Heather started their group. They moved on. God spoke to me to start a young adult group. There was me, my roommate, and my friend Stephanie, right? And a young adult group, that was it. We, we did a beach trip. We did, you know, billboards. We did a lot of stuff that didn't grow the group. What grew the group was I talked to them and I was like, hey, is this what we want? Do we want the three of us or do we want to reach people for the Lord? And we came together in agreement and spent a lot of time in prayer. And I remember the very next week, oh. I was at this men's group. I, I was like, hey, I got to be gone. I'm sorry, guys, but I pledged to go to this men's group. And my buddy, my roommate calling, you're not going to believe it. There was eight people that showed up. What? And you were gone? Yeah, I was gone. Oh, and, that and always those, happens. And those people became core people. Actually, one of those guys that came that week was a uh, best man at my wedding. That is so <laughs> you know? cool. And and so what was so cool too is God then answered that prayer. It was all these people that we had been trying to minister to reach out to showed up, right? So I'll just give you two things, which is we'll have something for young adults and pray about it. I think that's absolutely fantastic. All right. We're going to find out how we can help teens and college students keep their eyes on God as they head back to school after work from our sponsor. We are in a cancel culture. Is your money safe? Are you holding it in a place that shares your conservative Christian values? If your funds are not with a financial institution that shares your values, they may be in jeopardy if you are not in agreement with their secular values. American Christians could lose billions of charitable donations without even knowing it. Capstone Legacy Foundation's charter ensures that we follow donor intent. Please go to capstonelegacy.org to help us see if you need to change where you are holding your assets for planned giving. That's capstonelegacy.org. All right, Tim, we're back. You got a phenomenal story to tell. Can you encourage teens that currently might be going through a lot of struggles? They're afraid to go back to school. They don't understand their plan and purpose that God has for them. You had the same struggles when you were 18, 20 years old. That's what had you leave the church. Explain and encourage teens right now that are trying to find their purpose in Christ. Regardless of where you are with God, you don't have to be mature enough. You don't have to have all your sin struggles tamed, right? God wants you to pursue him where you're at, right? And help you through those things. And there might be some listening that think, well, well, spending time with God is a chore. I've been there. Okay. I think a lot of Christians have been there. Um, I would even say a majority of Christians that I encounter seem to think spending time with God is a chore. But I promise you, as you draw near to him, right? As you draw near to him, scripture tells us he comes closer to us. And it becomes a delight to spend time in prayer and Bible study and, and get to know our Lord and Savior, right? And it becomes exciting to see what he's doing in our life and in our, amidst our circumstances. And I go back over the years now, like my memories know from, you know, last year, the year before, and this season, that season in my life, I go, wow, God taught me a lot about trust, or God showed me how to be thankful, right? God used me in a powerful way in that season in my life. And then I look at those years I was out of the church, right? 2002, three, four. And I go, wow, I played a lot of video games. Not much happened. And it wasn't very memorable. So I just want to encourage any young people, you know, pursue God through his word. Open up his Bible, right? Open up his word. Remain in Christian fellowship because God's got plans for you. And they're way bigger than you could ever dream of. I completely agree. 
the thing that we hear a lot is the fact that he has a plan and purpose, but you and I can both tell everybody because we've lived this life with the Lord for how many decades now, it is one exciting life to live. It is just exciting. And the enemy is going to try to tell us and tell young people today, it's going to be boring. There's rules and regulations. You're going to hate being in the word of God. You're not going to understand. You're not perfect enough. You screwed up last week or last night at a party. And the point is our identity is not based on what happened to us in our past. It's who God called us to be and the fact that our identity is in him. And I'll tell you what, what I do for myself to try to just make sure I, I have time in God's word and spend time with God every day. You know, I mess up. There's just days I miss. Um, I try to get up earlier, way earlier than I need to, to spend time with the Lord. I usually start with a devotional book, much like the one I wrote, you know, really brief, less than five minutes. So I at least start my day in God's word. And then I try to end my day in God's word, just me and the Bible, right? No preachers or commentaries, just, just me and the Bible. And if anyone listening, young people think, oh, that's just too much, you know, uh, hit, hit it on both ends, that sort of thing. Or I just, I can't make that five minutes or 10 minutes, whatever. You know, there's so many options nowadays. You can get the audio Bible. There's there's really good preaching and teaching on YouTube and Spotify and things like that, you know. And, you know, you can download that and listen to that on your car drive to work or school or while you're working out or running. And so just encourage y'all to, to do that and just be hearing the word of God every day. I absolutely love that. And the thing, too, is if they're being bombarded by the opposite message for hours and hours every day, that really would lead them astray and further from God, five to 10 minutes isn't even nearly enough. I have a lot of days where I'm not digging in deep enough. And I'm very thankful for this program to meet people like you that can keep me on the up and up with who God is, encourage me as I go, give me great ideas, but still it's just not enough. We have to daily walk in the Lord. And as you said earlier, the second you make five to 10 minutes, you crave 30, you crave two hours. Uh, my mom's in the word of God daily hours on end. And I know my mother-in-law is as well. And their walk with the Lord shows that they've invested the time in the relationship. And it's just something you crave. It's just something you crave. It's amazing. We have this, see you at the pole picture here. Did you have this as a teenager? And what do you have to say about this event kicking off the school year out in this country? Cause I know a lot of schools have it. Yeah, I think it's a great event. I think, you know, for one, it helps you identify the people that are in church, right? right. Those that at least are claiming Christ, because not everyone uh, walks the walk. A lot of people might talk the talk, but at least you can, you know, narrow down a little bit to, hey, here's some people, maybe you can spend time with that sort of thing. Um, I don't know that, you know, praying for 10 minutes around the pole is doing a lot uh, for, for, you know, the whole whole church, the, the whole school, I mean, but I think it does a, a wonders in Christians meeting other Christians in the school and getting to know each other. I think that's a great way to start the school year. Yeah. I, I love it. So if you're tuning in right now, no matter what school you're going to, you have the right on public property where your parents are paying tax dollars to have you go to that school that you can go to a CU at the poll event. And not only that, if you don't have one planned, usually people kick this off in the month of September around this country at their own schools. We had it as teens. I absolutely love going every year. You can start one. Start one at your campus, make announcements, put the flyers up. Usually it's the first week or two of September. Look it up online, Google search, a CU at the poll. But another cool idea that I had a previous guest on, or if it was a teen that heard me speak, in the last two years, this young man told me that they did a see you at the poll event every single day at their school to pray every day before their school day started. I'm like, that rocks. So yeah, don't I like that. It, yeah, don't make it like an annual deal. Make it a daily deal. Oh, yeah. And the people that are struggling on the way into school, 
They see the crowd. The crowd gets bigger, just like what happened when you decided to take off for that week. Your group got from like three people to eight. Uh, that's, that's watching God move. It's just absolutely phenomenal. By now, you've all heard about MyPillow and how it's literally changed people's lives. For a limited time, get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. Kings are only $5 more. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code TINA, spelled T-I-N-A. You will also get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream Bed Sheets, the MyPillow Mattress Topper, and MyPillow Towel Sets. Visit MyPillow.com with promo code TINA. That's T-I-N-A. Okay, you also made a comment about accepting God's mercy gets us in the game. Explain that one. Yeah, so in my experience, uh, a lot of people want to live life their way, right? Not change any of their sinful lifestyle, stuff like that. And then expect God to show up in like a burning bush to tell them what to do. And I just don't see that in scripture. I don't see that in my life or any other Christian's life. Yeah. What I do see is when we accept his mercy, right? We put our faith in Jesus Christ. We repent of our sins, right? Uh, we, we need to be born again, Scripture says, right? And he gives us a new heart, right? These are all steps, right? These are all steps in changing and following Christ, submitting our lives to Christ, right? And so that very first step is accepting his mercy, right? And you just can't go about living life however and expect God to speak to you in all these different things when he's already said in his word, right? Accept his mercy, be born again, right? I'm going to give you a new heart, all these things. You're rejecting that. If you're expecting him to, you know, just open up God in a box and say, God, what I do with my career, God, what I do with this relationship, but you're ignoring him on all everything else in your life, right? So when we accept his mercy, that puts us in the game, that gets us ready for the game plan and he can give us play by play. What's going on? What's the next step? I I love it. When you ran from God, in your late teens and came back to the Lord. First of all, what specifically caused you to come back? Was it because you were looking for a wife? Was that really like, I want to get my life right and find my... That really was was the prime motivator. It it worked. I mean, it got you back in church. What then caused you to say, I want to invest in the youth of America and take it one step further by starting your own young teen group? Did you do that like weekly? Like how, how did that process? So that was, that was three years after I recommitted my life to the Lord and that is an incredible story. So, and and this is a good one to illustrate some things my book talks about, you know, Um, so I took my first job in ministry three years after I recommitted my life to the Lord and they had me traveling all over. And, um, you know, one of my big prayers was God, why was there not a big college ministry? in South Texas, in Harlingen, Texas, right? That's why I struggled and why I was out of state out of church for so long, right? It took me forever to find Sean and Heather's group. Yep. So then I wound up in Colorado with this new job and they had a young adult. It was 18 to 25 year old service. There was something like 7,000 people in attendance, oh right? Oh my gosh. And everyone's there worshiping. And again, I'm praying, God, why isn't this in my hometown? And I heard a voice. Okay. I don't know how all your listeners are. I heard a voice. Okay. And here's what the voice said. Tim, why isn't this in your hometown? And I just cried and I sat down, you know, people, everyone's standing up worshiping. I sat down like, did I, was that real? Did I just hear that? Yes. And I called, you know, uh, my church's youth pastor who's someone that really helped push me into ministry. And I, I wanted to hear him say, no, Tim, this isn't from the Lord. And, and, and as I shared this with him, he's like, 
yeah, Tim, I think this is from the Lord, right? And so that, that's really how God spoke to me on that. And then um, to encourage anyone listening to, you know, young people, especially, I was not equipped to teach or preach. You know, I was just kind of like, how is this going to work? What is this going to look like? And so um, Life Church, Craig Rochelle, all their stuff is free use. And so uh, I download their small group materials and Craig Rochelle's teaching. And that's what we did, you know, because I didn't I was not confident to do that, you know, at that time. You know, I just started getting my life right with the Lord at 20 years old. And I was not super well versed in scripture at that point in time. So, yeah, um, God led me step by step. And uh, that group of three grew to at least 70 at one point. And I know 12 married couples now because of that group. And um, including my wife is how that's how I met her. So. <sighs> That is just absolutely fantastic. And you really hit on something very important. There's so many people that don't do the next step of what God wants them to do or start the ministry that God's calling them to start because they think they don't have all the answers and none of us do. That's why we need God every single day to lead us through that. And plus the cool thing is with you starting that group, even as a young person, early twenties, where God's audible voice told you in Colorado, you know you need to get back home and start this. That's why I put the desire in your heart. So then you're asking yourself, and then my voice comes in and confirmation. God's spoken to me verbally before, so I totally know what you're talking about with that. You weren't seasoned. It's not as though you were doing this for 20, 30 years. You were raw. You were real. You were on love with the Lord. I know a lot of people have been teaching for 25, 30 years, but they're not in love with the Lord anymore. They've lost, lost the fervor and the spice. You had it. And thanks to you, there's a lot of kids out there today whose parents had them because they met in your Bible study group. <laughs> that is absolutely fantastic. The reason you went back to church to find a wife literally is what happened as a result of you listening to God and starting the Bible study group. That is really, that's God, man. That is really funny how he works. Okay. I know you're dying to tell me about a 21-day commitment to discover God's plan for themselves Please tell us what can we do? Where can we go? What do you have for us where we can grab a hold of your book? It, God's plan for you is the title, correct? Yeah. And so you can go to timoutlaw.com. You can go to Amazon, Walmart, Barnes & Noble. All those places have it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I wrote it um, so that at the end of it, people can gain confidence that God has a plan for them. Right? I know so many people struggle to, to know, does he have a plan for me? And what is that plan, right? I mean, from my experience, you know, that was the number one question asked for me in ministry. Hey, what's God's plan for me? For so many ministers I know, and that's the number one plan, question they get asked. And there's some really thick books on this topic. But this topic really, uh, in my experience, it's for that 18 to 25-year-old, you know, demographic. Those that are looking to start a, uh, a uh, you know, uh, 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 their, their career, looking to, you know, get married, you know, making those lifelong decisions that, that last, you know, <laughs> forever for life. And so, um, you know, regardless of wherever you are in life, God has a plan, a purpose for you, and you can have confidence in that plan. He's likely not going to answer yes to everything you want. He's likely not going to answer in your time frame. And often too, we think his plans are better than ours. Absolutely. Yeah, but Ephesians 3 tells us when God is at work within us, he can do abundantly more, exceeding abundantly more than we can ask or think, right? So God's plans are bigger than you can ever dream of. So grab my book, grab your Bible, open that up and start discovering God's best for your life. I absolutely love that. And you nailed it. I mean, when you're 18, 20 years old and you're having a hard time with the devotional for 10 to 15 minutes, hopefully by then you're on fire for the Lord and reading a lot more. 
Who's going to sit and read a book like this? That's why I absolutely <laughs> love. They're going to forget what they read on page 15 by the time they're on page 40. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're absolutely fantastic. I also want to do a quick shout out and thank you for this killer t-shirt. Nation to Nation. You're the director of administration for them, a leadership training program for ministry. We have to know. Give us a quick snippet. What is this about? Can we donate towards this cause? What do you got going on? Yeah, so Nation to Nation Christian University or endncu.org. That's a website, the number two. So basically, we start Bible schools where there aren't any, right? Oh, About 80% of Christian leaders around the world uh, aren't able to have um, traditional Bible school because of cost, because of location, because of a lot of various reasons. And so we go into, you know, uh, unreached areas, you know, set up Bible schools. We go into poverty-stricken areas, set up Bible schools. In some cases, there's a solar panel, um, there's a projector, and they can project the Bible teaching on the side of a mud hut. And so um, we've got more than 20,000 students around the world, and we're in more than 50 nations. And yet, if you want to get involved, go to that website, ncu.org. Uh, you're my hero. You absolutely are a positive role model. And I'm glad we picked the right person, Mr. Outlaw here to show us how to live our life boldly for the Lord. Any last words of wisdom, Mr. Outlaw? Uh, you took all the wisdom I got. Thank you so much for having <laughs> That is amazing. Keep it, everybody. Share this episode with the masses. If this is the first one you saw and you want to see the other three for this series on positive role models, absolutely check out counterculturemom.com. You'll see all the episodes there. Share this with everybody you know. A lot of teens, tweens, toddlers are heading back to school these days and college-age students. So let's make sure they get a copy of Tim's book. They can read it, apply it, live it, and then bring more people to the life-saving knowledge of Christ. You rock, buddy. Keep at it. Thanks for joining us for the Counterculture Mom Show with your host, Tina Griffin. For over two decades, Tina has traveled the globe exposing how pop culture is glamorizing harmful behaviors without showing the consequences and how these messages are wreaking havoc on today's youth. Through radio, TV, podcasts, and our app, Counterculture Ministries is reaching millions every week with a biblically-based message for hope for today's teens and their parents. But we can't do that without your faithful prayer and financial investment. If you appreciate the ministry of Tina and Counterculture Ministries, would you prayerfully consider a generous gift right now? We have a donor matching dollar for dollar. You can give securely online by visiting counterculturemom.com or by texting the word DONATE to the number 55444. That's counterculturemom.com or text the word DONATE to the number 55444. Every dollar is doubled. If you love this show, you can stay up to date on the latest critical issues affecting your family by catching all of our weekly episodes with resource links, signing up for our e-newsletter, and downloading our Counterculture Mom app, where you get timely pop culture alerts. Visit counterculturemom.com for more details. And be sure to join us next week for another edition of the Counterculture Mom Show with Tina Griffin, where we are rewriting Hollywood script for our kids. 